every moment spent in connection, reflecting on who we are and how we've grown, the moments that are full of joy and celebration, and then those moments that challenge us and ask us to change course, pivot in a new direction, and grow and change in ways that we never anticipated. Every moment spent in connection, sharing those reflections, coming together around shared experiences, changes who we are. Because it allows us to get to know who we are, to get to know our hearts, and it allows us to form connections and community around shared passions, interests, and joy. Welcome to Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Through conversations focusing on life's biggest lessons, this series will explore the joys we can find through these experiences and the connection and community we create through sharing our reflections. It's an open and honest look at the moments and lessons in our lives that impact us. Every episode features a conversation that will leave you feeling inspired, motivated, full of joy, and get you thinking about the experiences in your life and the lessons they've taught you. Lessons In, a new series from Seek the Joy podcast. Welcome back to Lessons In. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Melody Wilding to talk about a lesson she's learned about owning our sensitivity, channeling it as our superpower, and how we can enjoy success without stress and overwhelm. Melody is an executive coach, human behavior expert, and author of Trust Yourself, Stop Overthinking, and Channel Your Emotions for Success at Work. And in our conversation, Melody really shares what a sensitive striver is, how we can use the strive framework to identify which qualities are in balance versus those that aren't. I just know you're going to love this aspect of the conversation, and also how we can reframe boundaries and use our emotions as a guide and asset at work. Throughout the conversation, Melody also talks a lot about how redefining success allowed her to own her sensitivity, what has surprised her the most about her work and her journey being a sensitive striver and the joy she's found. Melody's reflections, her honesty, and her vulnerability in this conversation will leave you feeling inspired and remind you that our journey owning our sensitivity is one of really developing greater trust and inner confidence. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I really want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. And so that's why I'm so happy to share that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The last year and a half, there is no doubt it's been difficult. And that's why I think now more than ever, it's important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. So this is how it works. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. And this service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp also offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, so you'll get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too. So as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to 
betterhelp.com slash seek the joy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. I really enjoyed my conversation with Melody because as someone who identifies as highly sensitive, I don't think we often talk about how it's actually a strength and it's actually a superpower and a really good thing and something we can hone in on and use and tap into, especially in the workplace. And I think my biggest takeaway too from this conversation is that when we tap into our sensitivity, when we own it, when we make it our own, it allows us to show up as our best selves, as our truest selves. And so leaning into that, as opposed to leaning away from it, I think is where the real success and joy comes from. So without further ado, let's dive into this one, all about owning your sensitivity and really seeing it as your superpower with Melody Wilding. Melody, I am really excited for this conversation. I have your new book with me, Trust Yourself. Stop overthinking and channel your emotions and success at work. So thank you for being here. Thank you for coming on the podcast this morning. So I think I really want to start off by asking you, you know, what made you want to dive in to talking about sensitivity and achievement? Like where did your work with all of this really, really begin? It began as a intersection really of my personal experiences and my professional experiences. So in terms of my background, I am a licensed social worker. I have been a coach now for 10 years and over time have seen this very consistent pattern, this constellation of challenges among my clients that really stem from that intersection of sensitivity and ambition. Mm -hmm. So really being affected by everything that goes on around you, but also having high goals for yourself and, and really placing a lot of pressure on yourself to succeed. And that creates a very particular set of challenges, things like overthinking, perfectionism, people pleasing, and they say that we teach what we most need to learn. And that mm. is extremely true in my case that everything my clients struggle with or, you know, are working to overcome is really what I struggled with very early on in my life and my career. And so I am the personality type that I describe in the book. All my life have been uh, very sensitive and observant, perceptive to everything that was going on around me. And also that A plus gold star, good girl. And mm -hmm. I, I tell this story in the book about how those two qualities, my sensitivity and ambition going unmanaged really led to a very severe burnout in my career. That was my turning point. Mm. I think it's so interesting that this really stemmed from your own personal experience. I love what you said that we really teach what it is that we need to learn the most. So I know in the book, it's really this guide to how you can get out of your own way and channel your sensitivity as a superpower. So how do we start to see this sensitivity as a superpower? Because like you said, often when we are a sensitive type, we overthink, we stress, we doubt ourselves. Um, we experience tons of overwhelm. I'm probably speaking from experience. So how do you start to see, you know, that sensitivity as a superpower, as opposed to maybe a hindrance or something that, um, you know, we've been taught not to embrace? Mm -hmm. 
In the book, I share a framework that really underlies the entire book that is the really the first step in the foundational process of being able to take these qualities and channel them more effectively. And that's something I call the STRIVE framework, which is the key qualities that make up being a sensitive striver. So once you understand these, once you know how to leverage and channel them correctly, you can start seeing the upsides and leaning into the upsides of your ambition and your sensitivity mm. and mitigating the downsides. So those strive qualities, the first is sensory sensitivity. So really, how are you balancing your nervous system? Uh, sensitive strivers, we can be calm and collected when we need to be, but if we're overstimulated, can be very easily overstressed. Mm -hmm. Then we have thoughtfulness. We are reflective, intuitive, we're deep thinkers, but unmanaged looks like overthinking, doubt, worry responsibility. We are dependable, committed. We can always be counted on to follow through, but we can't bear to let people down. So we may take on more than our share of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Inner drive is really the ambition piece that we set high goals. We set a lot of goals. We want to make an impact. Sometimes we can set the bar too high and set ourselves up for failure. Vigilance is being attuned to your surroundings and other people's emotions. So we're very responsive. We're able to influence people and understand them very effectively, but we can get really caught up in other people's opinions and judgments of us or our perceived understanding of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then last is emotionality. And so sensitive strivers, we are empathetic, sincere. We have big emotions, both positive and negative, which means we can get caught in the downside of anger, frustration. And so I offer this because even starting to identify for yourself, which of these strive qualities is most in balance versus out of balance. And of course the book helps you do that. And there are tools in there for identifying which it is for you, but that is really the crucial starting point to prioritize where you need to place your efforts. Mm. So it's really about looking at these different qualities and assessing for yourself. Okay. Where do I feel like I'm excelling and where do I feel like I may be taking on too much or taking on, I don't want to say like the negative, but there's always a light and a shadow to every, to every experience, to every quality, to everything that we, I guess, experience as human beings. So you use this term sensitive striver for anyone that's listening. What is a sensitive striver? How can someone like identify with this? Because prior to reading your book, I, I have never heard this term before. So what is a sensitive striver? A sensitive striver is someone who is high achieving. You're driven, you're career oriented, but you are also highly sensitive, meaning you think and feel everything more deeply. So what we're talking about here is about 20% of the population, one in five people. So you either are a sensitive striver or this is someone you work with or know mm -hmm. who is more attuned to their own inner workings, their own thoughts and emotions. They process all of that more deeply as well as the behavior of those around them. And what's remarkable is that this is a trait that has been well-studied for 30 plus years. And so this is a very real genetic biological thing. It's not some weakness or inadequacy within you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It reminds me so much of what we talk about often, I think, in mindfulness or wellness-focused spaces about being a highly sensitive person. And we talk a lot about, you know, this um, 
sense of empathy and being able to pick up on other people's emotions and really tapping in deeply to what it is that you're experiencing. But we all, we don't often talk about that and how it works in the workplace. Like this connection mm-hmm. between being highly sensitive and being at work. We talk about it often in terms of a mindfulness practice or how you take the best care of yourself, but not about how all of this connects or intersects with, with the workplace. So I'm curious, you know, in your experience, either personally working with people or with the book, what have you seen about people or what have you noticed in terms of this connection between being highly sensitive, being a sensitive striver, and then wanting to maybe establish good boundaries for yourself in the workplace or, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking care of what's on your plate as opposed to everybody else's. What have you seen? Because I think talking about it through the lens of work is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And sensitive strivers struggle with many of those things that you yes. mentioned. Boundaries yeah. in particular, because we tend to be people pleasers. Mm-hmm. We're kind-hearted. We're compassionate. We want to make everybody happy. So So we will say, yes, we will have a never ending plate where we'll say, sure, I can take on more and just keep piling on. I've got the bandwidth for this, but I really don't. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so setting boundaries really in the book, I go into how we need to reframe boundaries as something that is harsh or mean to actually something that serves other people, Mm -hmm. that being clear about what your expectations and what your limitations or preferences are is actually kind because you teach people how to treat you. And too often as sensitive strivers, we teach people that we will be always responsive. We will put ourselves second. We will be quiet and not raise our hands or be the team pushover or the one who steps in last minute to push the project through when nobody else is stepping up. Mm-hmm. And so it's we have to be really mindful that we respect ourselves first if we ever want to expect other people to do the same. I love that you said that boundaries are really about serving other people because I think as a sensitive person, and I'll just speak for myself and please tell me if this resonates for you too. If I think about boundaries, I think about, if I think about it through the lens of taking good care of me, I almost experience a sense of guilt or should I really be doing this? Or, you know, am I really helping somebody if I put in this boundary for myself? So if you look at it through this lens of how it serves other people, because you're teaching them how to treat you, what your limits are, what your bandwidth really is. I mean, I think that's kind of a game changer in terms of perspective, especially if you're someone who, you know, tends to get overwhelmed or someone who, Mm -hmm. you know, is so conscientious about somebody else's feelings. I love this kind of reframing of boundaries because I think, especially in the last year, like we're all realizing we need better boundaries and we need better boundaries at work. Exactly. Exactly. And that many times we give other people permission to do the same thing. Or if you are a leader of a team, you have other people looking up to you. And so you have to be mindful about your own behavior. If you are not setting boundaries, you're setting that norm for the team that that Mm -hmm. is the standard of behavior that everyone else should follow. Hmm. You know, I recently had a conversation with um, Scott Shute. He's the head of mindfulness and compassion programs at LinkedIn. And we were talking a lot in that conversation about showing up as your full self at work and what would that really look like? And we talked about, you know, incorporating mindfulness and compassion, but I think it's so cool about your work and your book is you, you talk about the same thing, but through the lens of showing all of your emotions and allowing your emotions to be present with you at work, whether you're physically in an office or working remotely from home. And so how can we kind of use our emotions, especially this 
framework or lens of being sensitive, I think as an asset at work. Because often I think mm-hmm. we're taught like, don't show your emotions, like don't cry at work, don't show you're frustrated. You know, being sensitive is seen more so as a weakness. So how can we use it as an asset in that way? You're exactly right that we're often taught that emotion should be kept out of work Mm -hmm. when fundamentally work is about people, right? And we cannot separate our emotions from our humanness. And so I also want to underscore the fact that you can't have emotional intelligence without emotion regulation. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I advocate for in the book is that feel your feelings, but how you choose to express them, you want to make sure you're doing so in a way that makes you proud. And fundamentally, that's what I I see with clients who get tripped up when it comes to managing their emotions at work is that they may cry in a meeting or when put under pressure, and that doesn't feel good to them. And that's what's important about what we need to tackle. And so in the book, actually connecting this back to boundaries that we were talking about before is that your emotions can be used as a guide to what's most important to you, what you hold dear, what your priorities are. And so I would advocate that listeners look particularly for the emotion of resentment. Resentment is a very strong emotional signal that you have let a situation go on way too long without addressing Mm. it. Maybe you told a colleague you would help them out with an assignment and it would only be a couple of weeks. Now it's been a couple of months and you're still pitching in. And every time you see an email come from them, you just get that you know, that yucky feeling. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yes, Oh, really? Exactly. Another email about this. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So taking stock of those situations where you feel a sense of resentment can help you identify where do I need to start pushing back? Where do I need to pull myself out of a commitment and saying no? Mm. So it's really just about connecting and tapping back into yourself and and seeing if this emotion either resonates, how it makes you feel. And I love this piece too about resentment, because I think we often wait until we've reached that point of resentment or reach that point of burnout with ourselves to know that we need to make a change. So I love what you said that part of emotional intelligence is really, I think, this ability to tap back into yourself you know, along the way as you're leading towards burnout or you're leaning towards resentment, but so that maybe you don't fully get there because it's when we fully get there, I found that like, and you shared this at the beginning about your own personal journey, that's when things sort of unravel and you really have to take a good hard look at how you're feeling and where you're at. But if we can kind of like intercept it a little bit in the middle of the journey, I don't know, maybe we would be better, better off. I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure that out for myself. Like, do I really need that big burnout moment or can I like figure this out along the way in the middle? I think much, much healthier to figure it out along so the too. way in the middle. <laughs> Once you get to that burnout point, it's so hard to pull you out hard. of that. You are so deep in a hole that it takes so much more work. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. So this series is really, you know, all about life's lessons and um, what our different experiences have taught us. And so I'm curious if there's a lesson or an experience or a moment in your life that really either taught you or showed you the importance of owning our sensitivity or the power of it. What has that experience been like for you? Have you had a moment like that where it was like a big light bulb for you? What stands out to me is a moment from several years ago now where I felt very lost in my career, probably at the height of my own insecurity and imposter syndrome and trying Mm -hmm. to find who I was in my work. And in a moment of frustration, really, I decided to do what I call a DIY 360. Hmm. 
I reached out to about three or six, a handful of colleagues and said, you know, I'm doing an exercise and I would love to know what is, what do you see as my top three strengths? And second question, what is the number one thing you love about working with me? I was scared out of my mind to do this, but the responses that I got back you know, my, my heart was quaking, just opening the emails (laughs) to see the responses, but reading them was so eye opening. And of course, everyone said very wonderful, affirmative things, but what was really shocking was how strongly that idea of sensitivity came through Mm. my thoughtfulness, my ability to be a nuanced thinker, to synthesize information from different industries and perspectives, to be very empathetic and kind and coach people. And so it was very eye-opening that the very thing I had always felt insecure about and tried to hide and stifle in myself was the very thing that everybody else valued and saw as my greatest strengths. And so that was really an enlightening turning point for me. That was the wake up call of, I wonder what would happen if I stopped denying this and actually leaned fully into it. And I just let it be easy instead of trying to fight this part of me. Hmm. What would happen if I really leaned into my sensitivity, really leaned into owning it and recognizing the power of it as opposed to resisting it. It's like, as opposed to resisting a fundamental part of who you are, which I think so many Mm -hmm. of us do, you know, we feel like there's a certain mold of how we're supposed to be in the world or be in the workplace. And if we don't fit it exactly, we don't show up, you know, the way that we're taught it, it's like uncomfortable, but then at the same time, it's uncomfortable too, to think about showing up as your full self and really owning it. So I think it's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that, that you really chose to lean into all of the qualities you knew that you had, and then just beginning to reframe it. Because I think ultimately it's about trusting yourself. This journey with your sensitivity and recognizing it is about trusting yourself. Exactly. It's about building that inner security and fortitude that I am okay as I am. I am resourceful. I am adequate, right? And that inner confidence is is everything and affects all of your actions from there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I've got to ask you about joy because I'm curious, you know, as you began to lean more into owning, acknowledging, and really embracing your sensitivity, did you start to experience more joy or what has joy looked like for you on this journey um, with sensitivity and being a sensitive striver and then helping others really acknowledge and embrace it as well? Well, you know, funny story, my middle name is literally Joy. So really? This is a topic. Wow. Yes. I love <laughs> that. a topic that is close to me. Yes. You know, I've met a lot of people in the last couple of years and they'll literally say, oh, my middle name is Joy. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's cool. That's popular very cool. Popular middle name. Very popular. Wow. Yes. yes. You know, the more I talked about sensitivity, the, the more joy entered my life. And I think that was because it felt like giving people permission to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And as my community has grown and as I have seen people stake a claim to being a sensitive striver or something they are proud of and that they speak to their boss and their team about with pride to help them understand how they get the best out of them and leverage them more effectively. Um, It brings me so much joy to see other people thriving and not holding themselves back. Because Mm -hmm. if there's something we need more in this world, it's people like that at the helm. It's people like that in charge of leadership roles and really driving us forward. 
Mm-hmm. I think so too. You know, I'm so curious as you've stepped into this work, both for yourself personally and now helping others and with your book, have you had to redefine success? Because I think we obviously have a traditional model or view of success, but now that we're talking about emotions and bringing your emotions and your sensitivity to the workplace and how it can channel you towards greater success, I'm curious, you know, how do you define success and have you had to change the way you define it over time too? 100%. Early yeah. in my career, I had this vision of, uh, you know, and let me back up a little bit because I was that yeah. classic A plus gold star girl who wanted to check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, I took that same mentality into my career and was really on this upward trajectory of big job, big city, you know, hard driving career. Mm-hmm. And it almost killed me. It depleted me to a point because it was so incompatible with who I am. And so to me, I had to redefine success as how I want to create days and a life that I don't need to escape from. Mm -hmm. And so really having greater control over my work, being able to set a pace for my day and create a a environment and a work life that fits me as a sensitive striver with, with my needs and the way I like to work. I spend my entire day now doing things that match my strengths, writing, deep reflection, working Mm -hmm. with people. Uh, And so that's a, it's a really beautiful thing. It took a long time to get here to feel like there's synchronicity between who I am and what I do. But that is the definition of success to me now is that I am creating a life that I, I really love and enjoy. Yeah. And one that's compatible with you. I love that you said that you, you had to think about whether or not your definition of success was really compatible with who you were and what made you, I think, light up really from the inside out and how you wanted to show up in the world. And I love that you said it was really incompatible. And I think when we recognize that, we recognize that something is not compatible with us anymore. It's not working. You know, then that's where we had to take that step back and really look at, look at ourselves and look at where we're at. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where this beautiful piece about leaning into your sensitivity comes from. Um, Because I think one kind of can't exist without the other, especially if you're somebody that recognizes or sees themselves in this personality type that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I have loved this conversation with you. I have learned so much about being a sensitive striver and its connection to the workplace. And I'm curious, you know, before we go, is there anything that has maybe surprised you about your journey with this work or surprised you um, about being able to lean into being a sensitive striver? Anything about any of it that has maybe come as a surprise or you didn't expect or a few things. So <laughs> we were we we were talking a bit before about being more assertive, speaking up, saying no. And there are things that I think we traditionally think as unsensitive. Mm-hmm. Setting boundaries, using your voice in the workplace, taking risks, right? That you have to be bold and brash. And come to discover really digging into the research and now having worked with clients for a decade that your sensitive qualities are exactly what make you excellent and well-prepared to do those things. Mm. In terms of assertiveness, boundaries, handling conflict, being someone who is considerate of other people's perspectives, who can sense tension before something explodes, that's really valuable for being able to mitigate conflict, to influence, persuade people, navigate politics at the office because we're strong at building relationships. Yeah. Uh, 
taking risks. We're very thoughtful. We anticipate eventualities. We look at all the various um, consequences that could happen, which makes us better risk takers. So all of these things we think about as being uh, opposed to sensitivity, actually our qualities make us more adept at them. Mm-hmm. And leads to greater success on your own terms and the way that you want to define it. And I think ultimately allows you to show up, you know, as you are, which is what I think we all really want. We just want to be able to show up as we are and lean into who we are and how we feel and not feel, you know, I think afraid to do so. And, and part of that is owning our sensitive, her sensitivity. Melody, I have loved having you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on Seek the Joy. Where can everybody find you, connect, um, buy your new book? I'm going to hold it up one more time. Trust yourself. Stop overthinking and channel your emotions for success at work. Where can everybody find you, connect, and, uh, and learn more? Thank you so much. You can find the book wherever books are sold. Also at my website, melodywilding.com. And I invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, follow me on social and happy to talk to you there as well. Perfect. Everything will go in the show notes. We'll make it so easy for everyone to connect with you and learn more. And I think if I could sum up my biggest takeaway from our conversation this morning is that our sensitivity, the traits that we often have felt, you know, maybe aren't suitable for the workplace or are a weakness as opposed to a strength are really our superpower. And what will allow us, I think, to step up and show up as who who we are, as our best selves, and being able to lean into that as opposed to leaning away from it, I think is where the real success and joy comes from. So Melody, thank you. This was so much fun. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.